you have your Bibles today, turn with me to, go ahead and guess. James, man, can't get nothing by y'all. James, yes, we are still in the book of James, okay? Man, there's some good stuff. There's some rich, rich stuff in James. How many caught that joke last week at the, um, at the uh, promotions where uh, the Rangers were getting a James merit? And I said, no, we haven't earned that yet, <laughs> okay? They, uh, I'm sure it, they went through it a little quicker than we did. But, but, um, but again, we probably needed to go a little deeper than they do. Well, look, today I got good news for you. I'm only talking about two verses, okay? Now, for those of you that have been in church for a little while, you realize that means absolutely nothing, okay? You know, whether, whether the preacher says I'm reading two verses or I'm reading 20, I mean, again, uh, he, thank you, in closing for the fourth or fifth time. But uh, just two verses today, but, but it's something that is really, really good stuff, really practical stuff. So let's, uh, let's get started on it. Let's get started on it. James chapter number four, we're going to be looking at verses 11 and 12. But let's, uh, let's see what it's talking about, okay? Here's the introduction right here. It's talking about temptations and trials, okay? We've heard that once or twice, okay? We're all tempted. We all go through difficulties sometimes. And they're common to all. You know, the enemy wants you to, to, to think that you're the only person going through that. The enemy wants you to think you're the only person with a habit, a hurt, or a hang-up. The enemy wants to think you're the only person who's ever been tempted to gossip, okay? Men, the enemy wants you to think you're the only person who's ever been tempted to look twice at a pretty girl. No, no, we, we're all tempted. That, that's humanity. That's being human. Um, but these are some, uh, here's a temptation we're going to talk about today that is common, especially to those of you that are gifted, especially to those of you that are in authority, to those of you that um, been serving God for a while, been doing good for a while, okay? So let's look at that. God hates all sin. We would agree on that, right? God hates sin, okay? Uh, But there are a few sins that are constantly and strongly condemned by Scripture. One of those is the one we're going to talk about today, judging others. Judging others, condemning, criticizing, backbiting, gossiping, speaking evil, talking evil about is one of the sins that Scripture never lets up on. Judging others is severely condemned. This section of James begins a new discussion of the temptations and trials that confront all of us, but especially those of you in the church, those of us in the church that have kind of got our act together. The note And note that what the first temptation is, is that confronts a person who is especially gifted judging others. You see, those of you that have been doing right for a little while or that are pretty good at something, we have a strong tendency to judge others. We we have a strong tendency for the good person to judge and criticize the bad person. You ever been there? Okay, we've all been there. There's a strong temptation and tendency for the gifted person to judge and criticize the least gifted. Or the wealthy person to judge and criticize the poor person. Or the energetic person to judge and criticize the less energetic. The bad and less gifted, the poor and the less energetic, judge and criticize others as well. All of us are really guilty of this terrible sin of evil speaking against other people. But the temptation strikes at those of us that are gifted more often. The point to remember is this. Scripture constantly and strongly condemns judging and criticizing others. Let's read it. James chapter number 4, verses 11 and 12. The King James Version says this. Speak not evil one of another, brethren. 
Again, he's talking to church folks. Whenever you see brethren, whenever you see brothers or sisters, he's talking to church folks. He's talking to us Christian folks that ought to know better. So let's say it again. Speak not evil one uh, of another, brethren. He that speaketh evil of his brother and judges his brother speaketh evil of the law and judges the law. But if thou judge the law, thou art Thou art not a doer of the law, but a judge. There is one lawgiver who is able to save and to destroy. Who art thou that judgest another? Let's pray and ask the Lord to just uh, search our hearts. You know, we've probably all been in this place before. Uh, If you've not been in this place very often, as you continue to do well, Kate, as you continue to grow in your walk with the Lord, you're going to be facing this exact temptation. You're going to, you know what? You're going to face that temptation this week. There'll be some new dude coming to Franklin Avenue. Okay. And you guys will look around and go, I'm glad I got it together more than that cat. Okay. Well, guess what? Just a few months ago, you were that cat. Okay. And we got to make sure that we don't put ourselves up in a position to fall. Okay, because honestly, judgment is not for us. That ain't our job. You're doing something you ought not be doing. In fact, who does all who has all judgment been given to? Anybody remember? Jesus. Okay, God, of course, God, the father, it said all judgment has been given to the son. He's given that authority to Jesus because Jesus don't make no mistakes. We think we can judge correctly. We think we can call a ball a ball and a strike a strike. But we are like that old man trying to call baseball. He just misses a few. Okay, we are going to miss a few if we do something we ought not be doing. So let's learn from that and let's pray. Lord, I thank you for your word today. And I just pray that your word would be our guide. Strengthen us, encourage us and touch us today and help us to realize that God, that judging is not our job. Loving is being care, uh, caring and, and showing concern and empathy toward others. That's our job. But judging and speaking evil of others, that ain't for us. Lord, help us to be who you want us to be and treat others like you, uh, like we would want to be treated. In Jesus' name, and everybody would say, amen. All right, verse 11, backbiting, criticism, judging others. Judging others is speaking evil against others. Note three significant points here. Number one, speaking evil. Speaking evil means to criticize, judge, backbite, gossip, censor, condemn, grumble against another person. It means to talk about and to tear down another person, to share things about another person that cut and hurt him and that is that would lower his image and reputation in the eyes of others. The word usually means to talk about a person behind his back when he's not present. You know, guys, we see that all the time. Let me help you with something. You know, so many times people, um, people confide in you. Let me share something with you I've learned. If people will talk to you about others, they will talk to others about you. That ain't in my notes, but it's worth saying again. Brother Blaze, have you seen that to be true? If somebody will talk to you about others, they will talk to others about you. So we really need to watch what we say. You know what, guys? As we, as we grow in our walk with the Lord, we realize that the scripture that says love covers a multitude of sins is so true. You know, as we, as we're, as we're spending time with people, as I get to pastor you, I, uh, I learn more about you, okay? And I commit to you that some of the things you tell me, when you confide in me, it stays with me. 
Okay, I would never share something about Brother Blaze with Miss Dawn that would make her look at Miss at Brother Blaze in a in a negative light. Okay, now I don't know anything negative about this guy. Okay, except he wants to be our sheriff. What are you thinking, bro? Okay, why would you want that headache? Okay, but here's the deal: um, as we learn stuff about others, there's always the temptation to to share that with others. Guys, that's gossip. That's gossip. How many times have we seen people get tore down in church, in families, in relationships because of somebody just saying stuff they ought not say? Well, it's true. You know, guys, just because it's true don't mean it should be said. Okay? You know, the Bible tells us to speak truth, but to season it with what? Love. Season it with grace. Okay? So, guys, we're supposed to speak the truth, but we're supposed to season it with love. I've learned that Cajun folks, we're really good at telling the truth. We're really good at telling somebody how it is, but we forget the part about seasoning it. Hey, you ever went eat at somebody's house and they don't know how to season food? Okay? You know, that's usually north of Opelousas. Okay? You go to family north of Opelousas. Sorry, Ash, but, but that, I, yeah, you know what? I'm so, I remember that time you, you cooked buffalo chicken. Sweetie, sweetie, that was a swing and a miss. Okay, that was a swing and a miss. And Blaze, I was trying to think of a nice way to say it, and that's about as nice as I could say it. it was, we we kind of had a little time where each Sunday somebody else would cook, and, and you notice you only got one Sunday. Yeah, there's a reason, okay? But, 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 but Jesse, she sure is cute. Okay, and that's, that's, how, that's why I married my wife. I married her for her looks and not her cooks. And, wow, this is live. Boy, I'm in trouble. Okay, but look, I would say that in front of her. Okay, I would say that in front of her. Um, but here's the deal, guys. You ever, you ever ate something and it wasn't seasoned? It's like, what, what's wrong with this? Okay, have you ever heard of Tony Sachery's? Put some of that in there. Have you ever heard of Tabasco? Okay, you know, by the way, when I went to college in Monroe, I owned my own Tabasco because they cook so bad. When you go to the hill... Okay, bring you some Tabasco, bring you some Tonys, because they think they can cook, okay? Let me share something with you. If you're north of Opelousas and they invite you for gumbo, don't go, okay? Because Sister Annalie, it's like they just gave that chicken a bath. It don't look right, okay? Look, if you can see the bottom of your bowl in gumbo, it ain't gumbo, okay? I don't know what it is, but it ain't gumbo. It's like broth at the little Chinese restaurant or something, okay? But, but here's the deal. You ever ate something that wasn't seasoned? It's like, something ain't right with this, okay? Well, guess what, guys? When we don't season our speech with love, when we don't speak in Christ-like ways, something's missing, too. And just as nasty a taste as some North Louisiana gumbo will put in your mouth, saying things out of order will we'll do the same thing. It can hurt people, okay? By the way, baby, I love you if you're watching this, okay? <clears throat> Speaking evil. Number two, note, note here in this scenario there that, 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 that they're dealing with a brother who sinned. The, the scenario here is someone's sinned. Somebody's messed up. Somebody's broken the law of God. He's failed and his failure is known to all. It's public knowledge. He's being judged and criticized for his failure. He's being talked about. What he has done is being buzzed and gossiped about. It's hurting. It's cutting him. It's damaging more and more in the eyes of the world. Now, if we are forbidden to speak evil of a person who's really guilty of sin, how much more are we forbidden to speak against a person just because we dislike them or disagree with them. 
You know, think about it, guys. Let's, let's say somebody really messes up. Somebody has a moral failure. Somebody, their, their marriage splits up. Life is just really terrible. Somebody loses their cool and, and blows up. And we all can see it and we all know it's wrong. Even in that situation, we got to watch what we say. So how much more when, when we just kind of, have anybody noticed some people just rub you the wrong way? Let's be honest, okay? I mean, we, we, we love everybody because the Bible says we have to, but we don't like everybody. There are people that just, they, they look, I might get on your nerves. I get on my own nerves sometimes, okay? I mean, I, I grate myself sometimes. I don't know how my wife puts up with me, okay? But, 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 but even in those situations, Blaze, the Bible says, speak no evil. Don't say nothing. You know, guys, you've heard it said before, the good rule is when you have nothing good to say, say nothing at all. Learn a lesson from the fish. If he'd just kept his mouth shut, he'd never got caught. Okay? He'd never got caught. So we're forbidden to speak evil even when we'd be speaking the truth. Even when we'd be saying, even if we would say, boy, that low-down dude, he just left his family. Boy, that's a scoundrel. That may be true, but that's probably not something we should be talking about. Okay? So guys, we just, uh, you know what? We probably should pray more and talk less. Not in my notes, but it's pretty good. We should pray more and talk less, okay? Get off of Facebook and get back in the book and on your face, and a lot of good things might start to happen. By the way, I'm talking to myself because I waste too much time on this stupid phone too. Number three. By the way, note what the scripture says. When we speak evil, this is evil speaking. Talking about a person, talking about a person is evil. It's just as much evil as the failure of that other person. Therefore, the person who judges is just as guilty as the sinner. The third exhortation is very strong. Christian believers are not to judge and speak evil of one another. The reason is clear. We're brothers, brothers of Christ and one another. All of us are the family of God. Therefore, we're to be loving, caring, look after each other, not destroy each other. We're supposed to be supporting, encouraging, building each other up, not tearing each other down. When one of us falls and gets into trouble, and guess what? We all will eventually. We're to be reaching out and helping him up, not pushing him down further. When we criticize a brother or sister in Christ, we are slandering one of God's own children. Just think, we are actually slandering a son or daughter of God. This alone should keep you from speaking evil of your brothers in Christ. Think about something else as well. There is never a spirit of evil speaking in the humble and loving person. Say that again. There is never a spirit of evil speaking in a humble and loving person. There's only a loving compassion for others, especially for those who have come short and fallen. Therefore, when we speak evil of another person, it means that we are neither humble nor loving, but the very opposite. We're prideful, we're hateful, and God's displeased. So guys, we really need to be cautious of this. Now, the good news is, I don't think many of us are having a big problem with this right now, but it's a great temptation. It's a temptation to all of us. It's a temptation to all of us as we grow, as we, um, as we do better. Because again, the temptation is for us to get in judgment, for us to say, oh, I could do better than that. You know, we got to be very cautious. Here's a thought. There are several reasons why people tend to judge and criticize. Why do people do that? Why do people criticize? Why people just can't keep their mouth shut? 
couple couple reasons. Number one, criticism boosts our own self-image. Pointing out someone else's failure and tearing him down makes us feel a little bit better, at least in our own eyes. It adds to our pride, our ego, and our self-image. See, guys, we think that that, that, that pushing someone else down uh, makes us look bigger. Well, guess what, guys? You can't push down without going down yourself, okay? If we're going to bend down, it better be to lift somebody back up, amen? So we need to watch what we say. Again, guys, if you don't have anything good to say, don't say nothing at all. I wrote this down. Criticism is not a fruit of the Spirit. It's not a spiritual gift, <laughs> It's not, a, it's, not a, it's not a spiritual gift. It's very unbecoming. Guys, I've met folks that are very critical in their spirit, and they just grate me. They really do. But guess what? They also grate God. You know? They grate God. So, so we really need to be cautious right here. Secondly, criticism is simply enjoyed. There's a tendency in the human nature to take pleasure in hearing and sharing bad news and shortcomings about others. How many have figured out, boy, bad news travels so fast, don't it? Why is that? Why does bad news travel faster than good news, okay? Look, I, I, I wish the news of LJ, um, LJ Chase and Cade would, would, would get around this town quicker than you can, but, 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 but let something bad happen. <laughs> Boy, before church is over, folks know about it, okay? So we, why is that? I don't know. Let's do better than that, amen? Criticism also, thirdly, makes us feel that our own lives are better than the person who failed. You know, guys, but for the grace of God, we'd be that failure. I think it was Jonathan Edwards, one of the great ministers of of long ago, said that, Blaze, when a, a minister falls, there's three things that he always does. He says, number one, he prays for that guy. Number two, he prays for that flock under that man. And thirdly, he checks his heart in that area. And, you know, I, I, I'm not the brightest cat in the world, but I've tried to follow that advice. Because, sadly, I've been in ministry for 20, 25 years now, and I've seen people fall. I've seen ministries fall apart. I've seen, I've seen so much criticism, and, and I just choose not to involve myself in that. I have a friend of mine that, 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 that had, a, had a failure about a year or so ago, and, and, um, and I simply sent him a text the moment I heard, just said, I love you. I'm praying for you, and I still believe in you, because that's all true. That's all true. You know, um, it's not what, in fact, I, I added this little quote that I tell my kids all the time. It's not what you've done. It's what you do next. Let that sink in. It's not what you do. It's what you do next. It's, how, it's, it's the good choices that you make after the bad one. And guys, if you and I are going to be on the outside looking in, let's make the good choice of before we criticize, before we stand ourselves in judgment, let's pray for that person. Let's try to walk a mile in their shoes. Let's try to understand a little bit. Fourthly, criticism helps us justify the decisions we've made and the things that we've done throughout our lives. It's, it's basically, basically simple justification. Criticism also points out to our friends how strong we are. Criticism gives good feelings because of our rigid beliefs and strong lives are proven again. Proven how? By our brother's failure? And then finally, criticism is an outlet for hurt and revenge. I've heard it said that hurt people hurt people. You know, you ever had somebody lash out at you, Miss Robin? It's often because on the inside they're hurting. They don't know how to deal with it, okay? You ever, you ever had a teenager lash out at you? <laughs> 
Yeah, it happens, okay? Hurt people hurt people. They don't know how to deal with those emotions, and sadly, sometimes we take, we take the brunt. Mm. You know what, guys? I, I wrote this down in my, in my notes, and, and it's probably for me as a coach, as a pastor. Even constructive criticism gets old. Well, I'm just trying to help you, Brother Blaze. I'm just trying to help you, Brother Mo. I'm just trying to help you. Even that gets old after a while, okay? And, uh, and I find myself as a coach sometimes being reminded that I need, to, I need to pick people up. I need to encourage people. I need to say, hey, 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 we'll get them next time, you know? So, but even constructive criticism gets old. I think, I think parents need to be reminded of that. You know, sometimes we can be so hard on our kids, and we just want the best for them. I know that. But you know what? It's in an environment of encouragement. It's in an environment of love. Am I saying you don't correct them? No. I mean, when Hayden ran into somebody's car two days ago, we sat there and went through all the scenarios. And by the way, please pray in for your pastor because we, we plan on just paying for it. <sighs> insurance. Oh, my goodness. So Stanley, you should have told me about insurance with teenagers. Okay. But uh, um, be praying for us that God would just give us favor. But we try to sit down and learn from it. Okay. You backed into somebody. Goofball, stop backing up. Okay, park that thing. Oh, park that thing in the front yard. Okay, get that thing away from people. Okay, but you you try to learn from your mistakes. Here's a few scriptures for us to remember. Paul was um, Paul was uh, was condemning the same thing at the church of Corinth. Second Corinthians chapter number twelve, verse number twenty. For I fear lest when I come I shall not find you such as I would, and that I shall found that I should find you such as you would not. Lest there be debates, envying, wrath, strife, backbiting, whispering, swellings, tumults. Basically, Paul was saying, hey, look, church, get your act together. Stop acting like that. Look, you you, you can't act like the world and expect to reach the world. Ephesians 3 and 21, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. See, malice is hatred. See, the motivation for so much sometimes is hatred and anger when our motivation really should be love. The things we say, the things we do should be out of a motivation of loving our brother. Amen? So let's continue. Verse number 11. When we judge others, judging others also, not only is it speaking evil, not only is it, is it just something God doesn't want us to do, but it also violates the law of God. It violates the law of God. Okay? He that speaketh evil of his brother and judges his brother speaks evil of the law. Let me share with you one of my favorite scriptures. It's Proverbs chapter number 30, verse number 32. It says, when a man thinketh evil, put his hand over his mouth. Every now and then you've seen me do that at staff meetings, Zach. You've seen me do it at district council, Blaze. You've seen me do it. At, you'll, if you watch me on Friday nights... You'll see me do that, okay? I'm being scriptural because when a man thinks evil, put his hand over his mouth. Why do we do that? So we don't let that come out, okay? I am so glad, and Blaze, I'm sure you agree. Aren't you glad your thoughts are just between you and God? Aren't you glad you don't have to give account to uh, Miss Karen about all your thoughts, okay? Aren't you glad all your thoughts ain't going to pop up on that screen, okay? Man, you wouldn't get two votes for sheriff, okay? <laughs> okay? But here's the deal. Our, our thoughts are just between us and God. So when evil thoughts come our way, how should we deal with them? Take them captive? Surely don't let them out, okay? So there's, there's a little help. Some of you needed to hear that. <laughs> I needed to be reminded of that. 
So here's the shocking statement right here, guys. Talking about and slandering a brother is speaking evil about the law. What does that mean? When a person talks about and condemns others, he's violating the greatest of all laws, the royal law of love, the the law that plainly declares that we are to love our neighbors like ourselves. The criticizer and the backbiter himself becomes guilty of transgression, and that is speaking with a motivation that is not love. But I'm just telling the facts. I'm just stating, I'm just telling the truth. Guys, if it's not seasoned with love, it can do great harm. So we got to realize that when we speak evil of someone else, when we speak uh, gossip and criticize and all that kind of stuff, we are breaking the law just as much as anybody else has. Let's look at some scriptures. Matthew chapter number 7, verses 1 through 5. Judge not that you not be judged. For with what judgment you judge, you shall be judged. And with the measure you met, it shall be measured to you again. And why beholdest thou the mote that is in your brother's eye, but considerest not the beam that is in your own eye? Or how will you say to your brother, let me pull out the mote in your eye? Behold, a beam is my own eye. You hypocrite. First cast out the beam out of your own eye, and then shall thou see clearly to cast out the moat out of my brother's eye. I saw an illustrated sermon one time where the pastor had a two-by-four, okay? A two-by-four, six-foot two-by-four on his shoulder, okay? And he was going around trying to say, let me help you with your eye, okay? And he's about to hit people with a two-by-four. That's the picture here. The picture is I see a little speck in Blaze's eye, but I can't get to him because I'm about to hit him with my two by four that's sticking out of my eye. How foolish is it for us to try to judge others? It looks just as foolish in God's eyes. Because you know what? God wants to deal with Blaze's moat, but he wants to deal with my two by four too. Okay. And so many times we want to take the place of God. We want to deal with stuff. When we just let God deal with stuff, this is how we should fight our battles. Not like we've been doing it. Matthew chapter number 12, verses 29 through 31 say, And Jesus answered him, The first of all the commandments is here. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. And the second is this, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is none other commandments greater than these. Guys, it's really simple. We should love God. We should love others. Everything we say, everything we do should come from that motivation right there. Love for God and love for others. John 13, verses 34 and 35, Jesus said, A new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you have love one for another. Now let's, uh, let's continue. Verse number 11. Judging others also sets us up as a judge or a lawgiver. Note exactly what the scripture says. He that speaketh evil of his brother and judges his brother judges the law. How is this? How does criticizing and backbiting and judging a brother makes us judges of the law? See, when we criticize a brother, we are saying that the law he has has broken is important, very important. So important that he should not have broken it. But the law of love is not important enough to keep me from criticizing him. We judge the law he has broken. Basically, what we're saying is... We're saying what you did is worse than what I did. So because of what you did was so bad, I can now break a small. Guys, 
you realize it's man that has has categorized sins, okay? Look, we would say gossip, not a big sin. We'd say murder, big sin, okay? We'd say lying, kind of in the middle. You know, it all depends. I mean, you know, if the police officer asks you how fast you were going, you don't exactly tell them, right? Okay, that's a little sin. We'd say adultery, big sin, right? Guys, do you realize God doesn't do that? God doesn't do that. Sister Betty, you know this. You've taught this in class. God sees sin as one, one big conglomeration of you falling short of the glory of God. We want to justify what we do. We want to say, well, I'm okay because I just do a little sin, but Miss Robin, you do a lot. Okay. Yeah. I've got it together compared to you guys. Stop comparing yourself to others and start comparing yourself to Jesus. How you doing then? When we start comparing ourselves to Jesus, you realize why I'm a grace preacher. You realize how much grace and mercy we really need. Guys, you start realizing how much of the Holy Ghost you need in your life, okay? You know, I I, I saw this on Facebook. Uh, Some people ask, do you need the Holy Ghost to go to heaven? And the better question is... You better not go to Walmart without the Holy Ghost. You better not try to go to school without the Holy Ghost. Zach, you better not try to be HR director at that workplace tomorrow without the Holy Ghost, okay? Let's not ask, can I get to heaven without the Holy Ghost? You best not go to Walmart without the Holy Ghost. You need the Spirit every day. You better not try to run for sheriff without the Holy Ghost. You better not try to go one hitch without the Holy Ghost. We need God resident in our lives. We need him speaking to us because if not, we will mess this up. Amen? Because we'll get ourselves in judgment. We'll think we got it all together. And we're really just setting ourselves up for a fall. Because we start which ones are big, which ones are small, which ones are, 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 are really worth following. Guys, they're all worth following. It's God's law. Jesus didn't come to abolish the law. He came to complete the law. Now, we can't, we can't follow the law in our own strength, but in the righteousness of Christ Jesus, we can keep the law. But when we pick and choose, we set ourselves up above the law of God. We say, God, I know what you think, but here's what I think. How's that working for you? If you judge the law, you are not a doer of the law, but a judge. The person who talks about and judges a brother is not keeping the law. He's judging the law. That's why Jesus said in Matthew 7 and 3, And why beholdest thou the mote that's in your brother's eye, but considerest not the beam that's in your own eye? Romans 2 and 3. And thinkest thou this, O man, that judgest them that do such things, and doeth the same, and thou shalt escape the judgment of God? Romans 2.13, for not the hearers of the law are just before God, but the doers of the law shall be justified. Romans 14 and 13, let us not therefore judge one another anymore, but judge this rather, that no man put a stumbling block or an occasion to fall in his brother's way. And so many times the things we say, the things we do, do that very thing. On to verse number 12, and I'm almost done. Aren't you glad I'm just doing two verses? Judging others usurps God's right and authority. This verse is clear and it is forceful. It's a strong warning in verse number 12. There is one lawgiver. And if I could add, James probably should have added this, but apparently the Holy Spirit was being kind. He should have said, and it ain't you. (laughs) There is one lawgiver, and it ain't Mo Seneca. 
and it ain't Blaze Smith, and it ain't Karen Smith. Hallelujah. Okay? It is the Lord Jesus Christ, who is able to save and to destroy. Who art thou that judgest another? See, God alone is the great lawgiver, and Scripture declares there is only one lawgiver. There is only one judge. And when we try to judge, we set ourselves up as God. And we can't do that. That is idolatry. Note one other fact as well. Judging, condemning, criticizing, talking about a person destroys that person. This is exactly what the verse says. There's only one person who's able to save and destroy. Only one person who can judge and criticize another person as being good or bad, as as worthy of being saved or destroyed. That is Jesus Christ. God alone can save and destroy, not man. Not one of us is able to know and judge the whole truth about a person. Therefore, who are you to judge that other person? Who do you think you are? I read a quote this week, and it's so good. And it says this. It's easy to judge others when we don't understand the circumstances that got them there. Love overtakes judging others. If you need an example of that, go and read the book of Job. I just finished reading the book of Job, and I'll be honest with you. um, Job's friends... There's a spirit of slap that comes over me when I read that, okay? I mean, it's like, really? Because they thought they saw everything. They thought they were in a good place to judge. Little did they know that they were so far off base. Because again, their main issue was, Job, there must be some sin in your life. Why is all this happening to you? There must be something wrong, Miss Robin. What's wrong with you? There was nothing wrong with Job. There's nothing wrong with you. The Bible says it rains on the just and the unjust, okay? But at the end, God justified Job. And here, I got a word for somebody in here. God's going to justify you too if you just keep doing right. You know what? When you're right, you're willing to wait. Here's what I've noticed. If there's somebody doing a lot of talking, trying to justify their position, it's usually because they're wrong. Let that sink in. I very seldom ever defend myself, and I don't plan on starting anytime soon. Okay, because I let the Lord fight my battles because he's a lot better at it than I am. Heaven, (laughs) I mess things up when I get in the way. I just mess things up. But when I let God fight my battles, he's undefeated and he'll do the same for you if you'll let him. Let's summarize. We're almost done. In summary, there are several reasons why we should never criticize another person. Number one, all the circumstances and all the facts are never known. What happened and why it happened are just not always known. There are always many behind-the-scenes facts. Children and parents, wives and husbands, employers and employees, friends and friends. Things happen when they're all alone behind closed doors, and unfortunately, there is something seldom remembered. When people emerge from closed doors and enter the public, the one who does the talking does not always reveal the true facts. The spirit of talk To others is the spirit of self-justification. The spirit of silence is the spirit of caring and compassion. The spirit of silence is always the spirit which desires no hurt for others, at least no more pain than what has been born. You want a proof of that? Turn to Mark chapter number 14. We don't have time today, but Mark chapter number 14, when Jesus was being interrogated, when Jesus was being undressed, if you will, by the religious leaders of the day, and and some pointed questions were being asked of him. If anybody could make those religious folks look pretty foolish, it was Jesus Christ. But Jesse, how did he respond? He didn't say a word. 
Because he realized that all this is is a distraction. My purpose is Calvary. My purpose is you and me. I'm not going to get derailed with this argument. Guys, so many times we get derailed by arguments. So many times we get distracted by foolish stuff. Let's realize, let's take on the spirit of Jesus, which is the spirit of silence, and trust God the Father to work all things out. Amen? Number two, all people, religious as well as non-religious, come short, fail, and fall. We all sin, and we all do it way too often. No one is ever exempt from sin. When we criticize and judge, we have the problem. We forget that we are sinners. See, here's the reason why Jesus can be the judge, because he never sinned. He's perfect. Even as good as some of you in here are, even as wonderful as brother Donald's wife, sister Garland is, she's even sinned. We've fallen short. None of us are perfect. But there's one, Jesus Christ, the Christ who walked this earth for 33 and a half years and never sinned one. Let's that sink in. <laughs> Some of us can't go a day. Some of us can't go an hour, okay? Our mouth, gets, our mouth betrays us. We, 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 we're just a mess sometimes. Jesus Christ, 33 and a half years, never sinned one time. Never even came close. He can be the judge. Why? Because he's perfect. He's perfect. <sighs> now, this does not mean that we have a license to sin, nor, nor to, or, or, uh, again, we just got to realize we're, we're not saying, um, we're, we're not saying that, that, you know, just go ahead and do whatever you want to do. That's not the case. The case is we need to just make sure we do our role and God does his role. You see, guys, um, God's the judge. We're called to be the witness. We're called to love. We're called to encourage, but we're not called to judge. Thirdly, all there is to know about a person is never known. How then can we criticize? Think about a childhood for a moment. 18 years is a long time. Day by day moves into week by week, stretches into month by month, lasts for year by year. And, and sometimes the only time we see those families are at church. How many have been in church long enough to realize everything you see on Sundays and Wednesdays is not the whole truth? You know, you, you see situations, Zach, and you're like, wow, I never saw that coming. I never realized he was one way at church and another way at home. Guys, that happens. Sadly, that happens. We've all seen it. Okay? Here's the deal. When we put ourselves in judgment, we think we know all the facts, and we just don't. But there's one who does. There's one who sees everything. There's one who sees everything that's done in public and everything that's done in private. In fact, there's one. Oh, this is tough sometimes, Blaze. He even knows everything we think. <laughs> that's why I'm often praying, Lord, cleanse my mind. Forgive me for the things I've done, the things I've failed to do, the stupid things I've thought. Forgive me, Lord. There's a pretty good prayer to pray sometimes. But guys, as much as you think you know all the facts, you never really do. And then finally, judging others usurps God's authority. When a person criticizes another, he is saying that he is worthy and has the right to be the judge over someone else's life. He's claiming the right to be God, which is ridiculous. Yet most lay claim to the right at one time or another, and some claim the right to exercise a judgmental spirit all the time. Note what the scriptures say. Who are thou that judgest another man's servant? To his own master he stands or he falls. Yea, he shall be holding up, for God is able to make him stand. Romans 14 and 4. As I wrap things up, Matthew 7 and 1 tells us, Judge not, lest you be judged. 
1 Corinthians 4 and 5. Therefore, judge nothing before the time until the Lord comes, who will bring to light the hidden things of darkness and will make manifest the counsels of the hearts, and then shall every man have praise of God. Guys, judgment, not our role. Loving folks, speaking truth in love, encouraging, trying to build people up and not tear people down, that's our role to play. Let's do our job well. With every head bowed and every eye closed. Guys, what we were talking about today, criticism, judgment, speaking evil of others, gossip, backbiting, it's a sin. It's an absolute sin. And I believe all of us have at one time or another fallen victim to this sin. It's so easy to simply let our mouths run. It's so easy for us to say, well, I just don't have a filter. Guys, that's, we need to stop saying that. We, 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 we begin to, to say things that lead to sinful behavior, and we begin to judge and condemn and criticize and gossip. Would you give the Holy Spirit permission to search your heart tonight? Thoroughly search your heart. Reveal any shortcomings in this very important area that we talked about tonight. Lord, I just ask right now that you'd search hearts today. With every head bowed and every eye closed, Lord, I even ask you to search my heart. Because, Lord, judgment's not even a pastor's job. It's Jesus' job. And I pray that you would help me, Lord, to do my role. Help me to love and help me to encourage and help me to speak words of life. God, we didn't talk about how much power there is in the spoken word. We can tear down. We can build up. God, you created everything we see through the spoken word. Let us realize that there is creative power in our words. Help us speak life. Help us speak blessings. Help us to speak only things that would be uplifting to brothers and sisters in the Lord. With every head bowed and every eye still closed, how many would be honest enough to say, Pastor, pray for me. This is a weakness in my life. Would you just slip your hand up? Put it right back down. Several hands going up. Guys, I've got good news for you. His grace is sufficient for you. Amen? Lord, I pray right now for every person that slipped their hand up. God, it took a lot of courage for them to slip their hand up and admit that they've fallen in this area. They've, they've been guilty in this area. But God, I just ask right now that healing would come. God, I just pray right now over every person in this place today, every person who's fallen victim to this sin before, folks in our church who have fallen victim to this sin before. Lord, so many times the words we say can hinder a move of God. Forgive us for that, Lord. Forgive us for, for thinking that we have a justification to judge others. Lord, judging is your job. Loving is ours. I pray right now, Lord God, that you would give us a heart and a, a heart of compassion, Lord, to try to be more understanding when we see situations. Lord, to, to love people through their troubles. Lord, to speak words of life. And, and God, if we can't speak words of life, to just keep our mouth shut. Lord, I pray that we'd talk less and pray more. I pray that we would judge less and love more. And Lord, if we can do that, we will impact this community, we'll impact our family, we'll impact this world like you want us to. Lord, I just speak blessings over every person here tonight. Help us, Lord God, to be not only hearers of your word, 
but doers of your word in this all-important area. Speak words of life. Speak blessing. Let no evil words come out of our mouths, but only words that would be edifying to you and to others. Lord, bless us, keep us, protect us, and use us all for your glory. It's in Jesus' name I pray, and everybody would say, Amen.